Good morning. I've been here a few times. I see I don't get introduced anymore. <laughs> that's fine, eh? This must be family. That's fine. Anyway, I'm Vickers. If you don't know, that's Pete. Supposed to introduce me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've been here a few times. <laughs> you know me, but they might not. Um, and it's really good to be here again. I really, I've said it how many times, I love this place. There's something really special here. And every time I come here, I feel a little bit more at home. And I feel a little bit more confident. Um, and yeah, I'd love being here. When um, Matt asked me if I wanted to share or preach on the, I would, I was last time, I was, the amount of preparation that goes in preaching is quite significant. It's hours and hours and very little sleep and much praying and much nervousness. And when you're afterwards, you're quite tired and you like waffle for 20 or 30 minutes and you go, yeah, I just don't think it's worth it. Eh? So I was going to kind of take myself off the preaching, preaching roster. But when he said it's the sixth, I go, ha it's the first Sunday of the new year. I love that. There's always something very significant. And I'm, I knew that God would have a prophetic word for you. And I love prophetic. I'm not so good at you know, expanding maybe on the Trinity or the exposition on salvation or sanctification or justification or talk about eschatology or whatever. But when it comes to hearing the Lord and just discharging His Word and the prophetic, then I get excited. I love that. So I was like, I'm in. And also, I believe you guys got a real filter coffee machine now. Hey? So last time it was instant. I was like, oh, I don't know, Lord. Um, but uh, I believe there's filter now, so... We're nearly, we're nearly there. I mean, I think heaven is around the corner and revival's on its way. So thank you, Jesus, for, for real coffee. Anyway, um, I love coffee. So it's really good to be here. And I have to admit that this has been one of the easiest sermons to prepare because I hardly sat down. I really, and the Lord started speaking to me about this place. I really, uh, you're definitely one of God's favorites. So I was like, keeping up writing what I really felt the Lord saying and the pictures that I saw. And, and so I'm really, I'm really excited to share. Um, and I'm really confident to share what I really believe is the Lord. I just hope that I can portray something of my heart and, and of God's heart for you. And that's always the part where it gets a bit wobbly. So try to get past my Afrikaans accent. Try to get past everything else and just try to hear the Lord. Just hear with your heart. Listen with your heart this morning. He's got a... He's got a word for you. And of course, you need to test it. You need to test what I'm sharing. you got Mark, and you got Pete, and you got Joey. Yeah. Um, it would be really great if you go, no, man, but we kind of know that. And like, yeah, no. Because then you know it's a confirmation, and, and you need to agree with this. And if you just feel like, wow, no, I don't know what this is, yeah, check it out. I really I want everybody to be on board what I believe God's saying. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try to give you a 10-point sermon this morning. I just want to... Um, yeah, try to reveal a bit of God's heart for this place and what He's got for you for this year. This is not a New Year's resolution or, you know, like this year we want to start a building fund or whatever. This is, this is God's plan for you. This is God's purpose for you, what I believe. And um, it might take months and, might, and it's going to take years. This is, but, but God has got something special for you, which I now want to start sharing. So whenever I think of and tell me when it's half past 10, because South Africa needs 40 runs to beat Pakistan in cricket. So we'll definitely be out here by half past 10, just by the way. It's my other passion, coffee and, and cricket. Um, 
क्रॉस कर थ्री सीस so whenever i think of the rich and long before i was here whenever when someone speak about the rich or the first thing i always see it's this it's this church on a hill so when i got here the first time i was quite disappointed that it wasn't on a hill <laughs> because it should be on a hill it's that's just how i see this place it's on a it's on a hill it's a city on the hill and and i know you more in a valley um but even sees this place as, as something that's on a hill like a like a lighthouse that give give a light this this place is a place of refuge refuge i always have to being a dutchman refuse and refuge okay <laughs> and deterrent and detergent i get this too <laughs> and if you laugh at me i'm going to throw you with my bible um <laughs> it's a place of refuge it's a place where people can come and get healed it's a place where people can come and feel safe where the broken hearted can be healed this is this is how i see this place and a, a city is a it's a fortified city it's got walls around it it's protected by the lord but yet there are many gates if you see the city of david i think it had about six or seven gates the fish gate and the sheep gate and the water gate and there was the dung gate and all these gates where people came in and out and what was very significant the elders used to sit at the gates and they would go friend or foe if you come and you've got elders and pray for them that will allow good things in that's from the lord and they will go no this is not right this is don't feel this is right this is not good for us, for the city it's a lovely analogy you can do a whole preach on that too about everything that happens in the city and it's a bustle and there's business and it's going on and people are doing things um and you got the the watchman on the wall which is kind of modern day pr- prophetic people that look far ahead and go oh we see something on the horizon you know get ready or and then you got the elders sitting at the gate allowing good things in and 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 stopping the bad things from coming in but this is this is how i see the rich this place of busyness and and bustle where people can come and be fed and be healed and and um but the not the problem with that well not a problem with that the way that falls short is that we nicely comfortable here in our city and we're not going anywhere and that's also not the gospel the gospel is going out there and doing stuff and i feel the lord is saying it's time to go and if you don't believe me two thirds of god's word means go you know god if you go g o go <laughs> i don't think it's coincidence where god's word means go and and i believe god is saying it's it's time to go but what does that look like and another clear picture i saw when i was praying for him preparing which kind of i've not seen before for the rich is a it's that this church is also an army and an army is another strong biblical um analogy of the church also of god's people the lord talks about or the bible talks about the lord of hosts and directly translated that means the lord of armies as far as i know i haven't counted it but the bible refers more to the lord of hosts than any other name but um 260 odd times in the bible mostly in the old testament but also in the new testament he's a he's a he's a god of the army and and this is the army but what i saw the people do in this church the rich they went out there 
and they went to get the, the broken. They went to get the wounded. They went to get the, those that, were, that fought in battle and, and uh, just they wounded, wounded people. And I just, you know, today people are so broken. Christians and non-Christians alike, especially non-Christians. Today things are so, it's so difficult today to make a living and just to exist. And people are so broken in their relationships with each other, so broken uh, in their relationship with God or non-existing. People are just, there's so much damaged good out, goods out there. And, and we've got a Savior. We've got a Savior, Jesus, that wants to take them in and wants to heal them. He wants to fix them up. He wants to heal the brokenhearted, put them together again, love them, clothe them, um, give them a hope and give them a future. And this is what I see the rich doing, going out there and just going to find the people and the, the hurting ones, the damaged ones, and just loving on them, show them hope, show them Jesus, show them the, the, the hope there is in Christ. You're going to rescue many. Um, Jesus said he came for the sick. He didn't come for the, for the ones that are healed. He came for the sick. That's why he came down. He came to find the broken ones. He leaves the 99 behind the sheep, and he goes to find that one lost one. And this is, this is what God's got for you. He's got to sit you on a hill, but he's also saying to you, to you it's time to go. It's time to go as this army. And also we'll t- talk later about the army, that it's about numbers. It's not just individuals, and you're not on your own. Um, yeah, and this is what I believe God's saying. This, God wants to make this church a real missionary church to go out there and, and get the people. And I suppose it ties up all with loving in and loving out. and whatnot. You're going to hear that a lot. I don't want to talk about that now. But to go out there kind of on your own and try to do it in your own strength is just it's going to be a disaster. We're very familiar with that scripture in Ephesians that says, our fight's not against flesh and blood. And I want to read that. You can turn there if you'd like, or you can just listen. That's Ephesians 6. And it's in the, it's in the context of the, of the armor of God. And again, armor, you don't need armor if you go to the beach. You only need armor if you're in a war. And as Christians, we unfor- well, unfortunately, but we li- the reality is we live our life in war. We live our, our life is exists in a sense of war. You've got the kingdom of God. He's the king. And you've got the kingdom of light. And you've got the kingdom of darkness. And these two are just forever at each other. It's always a... We live our life in the a, in a, in a context of, of war. Um, but our weapons are not carnal. So let's read if you're there. Ephesians 6. We'll start at verse 10. Finally... Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Okay, that's already, come on, that's, that's already encouraging. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with a belt of truth, buckle, buckle around your waist with a breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord, of, of God. And, and then we come to the important part. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might declare it f fearlessly as I should. Isn't that a, just by the way an amazing request from Paul? He's in change. He's been for a long time. So much of the letters that Paul wrote to the different people were while he was in prison. And those prisons weren't prisons today. They were terrible prisons. They were dirty. He was most probably in chains, most probably beaten up. Little food. If I was like, I'd go, guys, please pray for me. I need to get out of here, you know. Or pray for me. The food's horrible. I can't do this anymore. Or pray for this. And he's like, none of that even registers with him. He goes, pray that I might declare the gospel fearlessly. And the Lord wants us to declare the gospel fearlessly. I'm talking to myself too. I really love the lost, but there's always this, yes, I hate rejection, you know. What if he says no? What if, it like, what if I don't look good, you know? All about our image and looking good, and I want to look good. And if I talk to him, it's like, yo, I'm not going to look so good. And, 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 and rejection, we don't want to be rejected. But yet these people are desperate. They're dying, and they, they're desperate for hope. They're desperate for answers. They're desperate for healing. And we've got the answers. We've got Christ. Let's share it with them. We, they should be, not fearful of us almost, but they should be the ones that go, oh, um, not us. We've, we've got Christ on our side. And, and so I want to encourage you, and I really believe this is another thing the Lord specifically saying to this church, is to really pray. Get hold of God. Pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your children. But pray for, for the lost out there. Pray that God will send us, not the guy next to you, will send you. He gives you a that you can declare the gospel without fear, but with passion and, and love, and that people will see this is the, this is the real deal. And there's a big difference between a, a church with a prayer meeting and a praying church. And of course, we must have prayer meetings, and we got one, and I would really encourage you to go. But there's a difference to have the odd prayer meeting, but a church that is praying. That's praying all the time, when you in your small groups, when you're in your family, around the the supper table at night with your children uh, at work just keep praying this the prayer is the thing that um gives us the power and the authority and it, and it just disarms the power of the enemy because the bible is very clear that our um, weapons are not um carnal but but it's prayer taking down the the power of darkness um prayer is huge it's imperative for all churches and, and this one too for the Lord to accomplish His purposes for, for, for you and for this church. And, you know, I asked that the Lord raise up some prayer warriors. The, the word intercessors doesn't, does not appear in the Bible. There's not really a... The Lord intercedes for us. You know, in, I think it's in Hebrews where it talks about Jesus being... Order of Melchizedek is the priest, and the priest always interceded for the people in the Old Testament. And Jesus intercedes for us, Elijah intercedes for us. And in, and in, in uh, Romans 8, talks about the Holy Spirit helps us. He says, we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit helps us. He intercedes for us. Um, 
So yes, intercession is, is biblical, it's right, it's what God does, and we intercede for people. So, but intercessors per se is not really a biblical um, person, uh, like a preacher or a teacher or an evangelist or a prophet. I think because God wants all of us to pray. He doesn't want to leave it to one. We go, yeah, no, we got three intercessors, Auntie uh, Sarki, and you know, there's always the aunties that are unfortunate, lost their husbands already, and they got more time than everybody else, so they pray. And they do pray. I know a few of those, and those when those ladies pray, man, heaven and earth moves. I, I've seen that. But it's not just their job. It's our job to also, not our job. It just should be a lifestyle. But ask the Lord for these people that are, have got time to pray and, and let them, you know, as elders, give them saying, man, we're really struggling with this or we're struggling with it. Won't you please pray into that? Some people have just got a natural gifting to pray. It comes easy to them and they've got more time. But I really... I really want to see this church going after prayer like never before. It's imperative. Um, and then another thing that I feel the Lord saying, and this is a little bit more sensitive and just hear my heart, but I have such a sense the Lord wants to turn this church into a multicultural or multiracial. I don't even know what's the right word. I'm not very PC correct. Um, church. And you know, it, there's such a unfortunate spirit of racism in our country and it gets stoked by people and it gets stoked by the devil and it's it's not that we come it's not like we're going to be anti-racism we're just going to be for the gospel because the gospel there's no racism when when jesus looked to people he doesn't see man or woman black white free slave as the bible said he just see people he see he sees lost people and if you lost you black or white it doesn't matter but I think just because of where you live, I think God really wants to, yeah, I really believe he wants to be this to be a multi, what's the right word, multicultural church. Um, and what I believe the Lord's saying, and I, th- I think Matt Johnson might talk about it on the summit. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't steal this um, phrase from him, but I really feel the Lord saying, love your neighbor. That's what he wants you to do. Just love your neighbor. If your neighbor is white, love him. If your neighbor is black, love him all the same. If it's woman, man, just love your neighbor. Show him the love of Jesus. Show him Christ. And just get those people in here. Um, and if your neighbor is black and you can't love him, well, then we need to talk about that. We need to pray about that. But I'm not for one moment talking to white people and go, you know, apologize for the past or do this or get some token black person here to make you look good or get a token black friend or a bus black people. We're not going to be politically correct. We're not. We can't. It's, a, it's an offense to Jesus. It's an offense to the people. We're just going to love people all the same. But we're going to love all of them. We can't be selective of who we're going to love because Christ loved me and he loved you and he saved us all. He, he just loves everybody. Everybody needs salvation. Everybody needs Jesus. And I just know there's, a, there's an anointing on this church for that. I know maybe you go like, don't know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you there's anointing for that. The Lord's going to enable you. The Lord's going to help you to love all kinds of people. The rich, the poor, black, white, Indian, doesn't matter. Yes, the Lord loves them all and he wants them all to be saved. And, and, and take a sip of water and get excited here. I've descended and I'm... Most people are going to get into trouble for this, and I don't care, actually. It's always in trouble. I, th- 
genuinely feel that SBC in, in Sterling is going to look to you as to how to do this because we talk about it and we're useless at it. We just can't get it right. I just feel there's an there's anointing for you guys to do this. There's a grace on this for you to almost, in a sense, pioneer this thing, to go against the spirit of what we see in South Africa. And, and we're going to look to you and go, man, you guys got to teach us how to do this. I just feel this is, this is a call on your life. I feel there's anointing for you on that. There's a grace on you for this church to just show the world how people live in unity together, how people live in community without this or that, but just because Christ is at the center of it. The love of Christ is at the center of this and it will show the world, you know what, you can live together in unity. It is possible because of Jesus and for no other reason. Does that make sense? I really hope I didn't offend anybody. I don't want to offend you, but I just feel very strongly in my heart this is what God's got for you. Coming in for a landing. Um, and that's, that's the church. And then I want to speak to you kind of personally. Like I mentioned before, it's really difficult today just to exist. Um, I think in the times that we live, especially in South Africa, the whole political uh, climate is not great. The economic climate is not great. There's uncertainty. There's, uh, yeah, things are financially not good. And just... And I really, really want to encourage you to get your foundations right, to build on nothing less but Jesus Christ and His righteousness. I think it's a song like that. Um, that's it. Just build your life, your future, your hope, your desires, your dreams. Build it on nothing less but Jesus Christ. Let Him be the cornerstone, the foundation of your love, your life, your family, your relationship, your children, everything. Um, and I want to encourage you, stay close to Jesus. Stay close to him. Get yourself stuck in the word. It's, I mean, I've got a new Bible. It's the first time I'm using it. And I'm glad to say my old Bible literally fell apart. I lost some chapters that I couldn't find anymore because I just, I love the word. There's so much good stuff in here. It just encourages me. It feeds me. It, it just it's beautiful. Ask the Holy Spirit to just open this up for you. The Word of God, it's, it's life. It feeds you like manna from heaven. It feeds you. Get your heart and your everything in this Bible. And you know what? You, this way you will see what God sees about you. You'll, you'll see how God sees you. And then you'll see that you are forgiven. You are set free. You are righteous. You are empowered. He loves you to bits. You are his sons and daughters. And it will give you that confidence. It will find your identity in it. And it will enable you to just go through life knowing that you are loved and that you got a father and that your hope is secure. Today things are so turmoil. God is really shaking everything. He really is. Today things are so bad. And I just think it's a wonderful opportunity for the church and for us to rise up. Because our foundation is solid. And God said, I'm going to shake things. And he's really shaking things. And it's not just South Africa. You just keep your eyes on the world. Everybody's shaken. I mean, things are not great anywhere or very few places. And this is a wonderful time just to get your foundations right, to get your roots into God, into Christ, and just be secure. And then people will go, okay, you know what? You don't seem to be faced by any of what's going on in the world. What's going on in your life? You'll be able to have this testimony of what God's done in your life and He's doing in your life. Um, 
And then, just for one person, I just had a word, and I just feel the Lord saying, don't chase money. It's just going to, you're going to, just going to be disappointed. You're going to, I think the Bible talks about piercing yourself with many aches or pains or something. I'm not sure the exact word. But if you just, if you're going to chase money, and of course we, we need to make money, we need to go to work, work we need to pay up, you know, our taxes and our rent and school fees. But don't chase money. Don't let it be your God. It's just, it's not going to end well for you. It's just going to, it's a, it's a deception. Um, and even if you get it, it's just not going to satisfy. I just feel that's a word for someone here today. But the last thing I feel the Lord saying is about, about discipleship, about discipline. Um, I think the reason why we have such a dim view of suffering is that we don't realize it's the discipline of the Lord. The Lord disciplines us. And in Hebrew 8, I'm going to quickly read it. No, not Hebrew 8, Hebrew 12. It talks about God disciplining his children. It says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating us as his children. For what? Child are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline. Um, then you are legitimate. Um, sorry, if you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we all have had human fathers who discipline us and respected for it. How much more should we submit to the Father and spirits of and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our own good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. And I just believe God wants to bring discipline back to the church. And I think that's for all churches. I know it's also for SBC down the road. When the Great Commission, when Jesus said, go out to all the world and make disciples, he didn't say make converts. I mean, it's a, not playing with word, but that's a big deal. It's one thing to have a convert, but it's a totally different thing to make a disciple. Converts come and go, and they come and, I'm not going to throw statistics at you, but the amount of people that come to church and never stay and leave is frightening. It's a small percentage, but discipline will, will go after that. And when you go through trials and tribulations and suffering, and I know a lot of you do, whether it's financial or health or, or marriages or, or, or relationships, we don't want to stay in it. We don't want to say, you know, my, my, my own motto is no pain, no pain. That's just like, that's how I like it. I don't, but when you're in it, just embrace the Lord. Don't waste your trials. The Lord disciplines us. Often He uses these things in our lives just to shape things. And He does it because He loves us. And so when we go through difficult things, just see it as the discipline of the Lord. And I'm not saying, you know, obviously we go after healing and we try to do better and we, we don't stay in it. But while you're in it, and let's say before the Lord delivers you of your thing, just see it as the discipline of the Lord. He loves us. He really loves us. He disciplines us as our own, as his own children. And it just makes it a bit more bearable and tolerable when you go through these things and you know, man, God's in it and he's going to pull me through. And this is, for my, this is for my own good. If I think of my own three children, I have to admit that, you know, I think I've loved them as much as I can. I gave them opportunities where I can. They never always... At the best of everything, or all the 
you know, the branded clothing or the best sport equipment or whatever. Uh, and so I'm comfortable with that I've loved them and uh, I encouraged them and I supported them. But I do wonder, if I ever di did I discipline them enough? It's just such a vital part of upbringing. Um, because my, one, my son is now matric and next year he'll be advanced or whatever. And, and I'm not nervous. Did, did I put enough in him to when he goes on his own that he will be disciplined enough to stay you know, on the straight and narrow? And I just think we find suffering so difficult because from the pulpit we've, we haven't heard in, too much about God's discipline in our lives. We often hear that, you know, when you accept Jesus, everything will be fine, it'll be rosy, and you'll sort out all your problems. Yeah, to a point, that's true. But serving Christ is not always easy. As a matter of fact, it's seldom easy, but it's always rewarding. It's always worth it. Um, and yeah, so really speaking more to the leaders of this place, but really feel God wants to just introduce this discipleship and discipline back into our lives and back into the lives of, um, of this church. So, just to recap, feel this is city on a hill where you can do things and be safe and be secure, um, and where people will come to find shelter, where people will come to find refuge, where people will find healing, and also feel the Lord is saying, it's time to go. It's time to go out there. The Lord wants to make this church missionary-minded. It will be an army that will go out there and rescue people that are hurt, that are dying. Um, yeah, I believe the Lord saying, <clears throat> it's time to pray. Let's pray in the harvest. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to work powerfully in our lives. Um, another theme that I believe we will hear more about in time to come. Really, as Christians, we cannot do this without the power of the Holy Spirit or Him empowering us. Um, believe the Lord wants to use this church and make it something that He almost can show the world to and how it is to live together in community of all kinds and all sorts and all, all different cultures. And then I just really want to encourage you to, in this difficult time, stay close to the Lord. Get hold of him. Spend time with him. Just love him. Get yourself stuck in the word. Um, and don't make light of the Lord's discipline. If it happens, just know you're a, a very legitimate child of God. He allows these things in your life. Embrace it. Learn from it. And just yeah, keep drawing near to Jesus. Um, he loves you. He's got an amazing plan for you. He's got an incredible journey ahead of you. All right. Amen.